0: This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my very favorite snake oil salesman,
1: it's Young. I don't like snake. I'm scared of snakes.
0: <laughs> well, I'm afraid you've got to go back in the hut, uh, back in the Roaring Elephant hut and go and carry on milking those snakes, because we need more snake oil.
1: Is that how you get snake oil, by milking snakes? That, that, does, that, yeah, doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway apparently dave has found some newfangled way of getting people to part with their money so dave tell yeah. me what's, what's the hype of the day
0: so apologies in advance this is potentially going to be a slightly ranty episode i i came across an article and it just made me angry and the the article itself is a it's a definitely a publicity piece by a particular company but the uh, it's very grandiose. <laughs> so the the title of this article, "The Enterprise Kingmaker: Digital Adoption Platforms," seems to suggest that if you're not, you know, on the digital platform, digital adoption platform journey, uh, then you're missing out, and uh, everyone else is going to run all the way over you anyway if you haven't heard the term digital adoption platform you're not alone i certainly had not heard of it until um until i'd read this terrible article but this seems to me to be complete snake oil or at the very least if you need one of these i'm not convinced that you're doing product development in a sane and fully rounded way
1: well i'm gonna be the optimist for once i mean that, that they had to come so i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a try because uh for the record i agree with dave <laughs> but um, it's a a second level snake oil because it's kind of trying to solve problems that were caused by another piece of snake oil, which I mean, the snake oiliness of that one might be debatable, but the thing I'm Mm. talking about is the digital transformation thing, because this transformation has been a hype thing, marketing thing, whatever you want to call it, for the last hmm, five, six years, something like that, I'd say. And it sounds very great, I mean, it digitalize everything, everybody uses a lot of applications and tools and stuff, and everything gets better, big data, machine learning, hey, the world is now perfect, and of course, that's not how it ended up. A lot of mm-hmm. this new stuff, a lot of these new projects failed because people didn't know how to use them, too much was forced down people's throat, people's throat at the same time, there was no, no guiding the people, getting them to to use that thing, because typically in this data transformation world, um, C-level person, XYZ, has a thing he found on the internet, and he thinks it's brilliant, so we're gonna do this from now on. We're not gonna be company using whatever this thing is. And there's a, l- a very little actual training, enablement, or whatever you wanna call it, for the people to have to use that thing. And typically people see that newfangled tool as a blogger. Now I have to spend more time doing this report, that tool, that form, that follow-up, whatever it is. And therefore a lot of this digital transformation stuff doesn't actually produce any results. Now reading the article, this beautiful article that Dave popped up. I mean, I would never have <laughs> b- b- made the internet dirty by talking about it, but if, I mean, Dave the boss here, so whatever he says goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for me, it seems like this digital adoption platform is trying to solve that problem that is caused by badly implemented or if there's any way of doing it right i don't know digital transformation so (laughs) i'm trying okay i'm trying
0: god i mean the, but the problem so maybe 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 but in my mind, like all of those things, even if they are true, even if people are not investing in enablement for the technologies that they're rolling out, if they're not in it, like investing in training and, and everything else and guidance for how you should use these things. I still think that there's a good amount of that responsibility that falls on the vendor of that technology to make their technology easier to use in the first place wow
1: and bombshell the software should be easy to use when did that get invented
0: <laughs> easier anyway have you looked I mean, at
1: things like word and excel i mean i used to be able to work pretty good with that stuff nowadays half of the stuff in there i don't understand
0: uh yeah you should you should just do everything in google docs i haven't used word or excel for like 10 years now um, as long
1: as internet <laughs> fails from time to time. I want something that's local. Please, thank you very much. And I mean, Excel, uh, Calc, Writer, I mean, there's, there's open source uh, things as well, but they have the yeah, same yeah. problem. There's so much stuff. It's... Software only gets more complicated because brilliant, brilliant people start something new, new project, new new thingy. It's great. But now we have to make this a sellable thing. So we have to add stuff onto it to be able to talk about it in the marketing pages. So software always gets more complicated. It never gets more easy to use.
0: <laughs> well, if we look at this... This glorious, glorious article, and there are three three bullet points that talk about the uh, the value of a what are these horrible things called again digital adoption platform. So the three kind of topics it talks about. One is increased visibility. Uh, now that doesn't mean that it, it makes your software uh, neon yellow flashing. Uh, it means that. It provides people insight into how people are using your, your technology or your platform or your tool, um, and visibility into how people are interacting with it, how they're using with it, like whether they are. Successfully coming with some sort of output or whether they get stuck with they sort of, whether their user experience rolls around in little loops and things like that. Now just taking the increased visibility one first off, like an organization that's developing software should assuming that it's some, it has some form of, of UX and user experience. You should have some form of user experience team possibly that should maybe be doing user experience interviews and seeing people doing stuff and then you should be instrumenting your own software so that you can understand this for yourself. I don't understand why you need a third party platform to be able to implement this, like, this feels like fundamental instrumentation for like any, any sort of complex platform, you should have this. And in fact, a lot of tools, software, things that you may sort of download by use nowadays do there's usually like you create an account you sign in there's almost always some form of checkbox that that asks you do you want to be able to send usage information mm. back and that is almost always what this kind of information is they're trying to find out how you're using the tools the technology the platform to improve it in many cases, there also there's a chance they may use that information for some form of uh, monetization as well, no doubt. if if mm. again, if uh, if you're not uh, paying for something, then you're probably the product. I think is is the old saying. But I this first bullet point to me, just like
1: why why do you need a digital adoption platform to do this? Oh, man, you're forcing me to a positive voice, right? And yeah, I have to defend this <laughs> pile of thing. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, okay, let's take it from the other side t- point of view. Are well, you're talking about the telemetry that goes back to the vendor, will tell the vendors, and we're talking about commercial software, you paid for it, so it's not the user, the, mm. the, the, the whole privacy thing. That will give the vendor insight in what parts of the product are we'll use a lot, not used a lot, where they have to put more attention on stuff like that where the TAP is coming in, acronyms are beautiful, I think is how to make a piece of software, which is by definition, by definition is a bad word, which is often uh, generically usable, but specifically specifically, I can't talk anymore, deployed in a certain way in your organization, well, the Mm. database should be using the telemetry to make the thing work better for your company the way you decide to use it. And I guess it's a bit of a criticism on software these days. Software has become so uh, bloated. I mean, what I said Mm. earlier already, there's so much in there that typically if you buy something like one of these big enterprise stuff, CRMs, whatever they're called, you only use like 20, 30% of the functionality in there because the rest is not fit for you because that's for for financing or a hospital, things like that. So in that point, I could see how doing some monitoring of how people use stuff. If you know we, we implemented a solution and that's what we're trying to do, and we see people not using the golden path but always having to go sidestepping, okay, something needs to be fixed there. So from a point of view of alerting internally, cool. I could kind of see that happening. <laughs> What I, on the other hand, think this thing does is put up a lot of pop-ups. If I click on this thing, you have to do this after this, I hate those stuff. So I was, yeah, if I can, I mean, that, that's, yeah, that kind of micromanagement on the screen, I have a manager for that. Uh, not my manager doesn't do that. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but if software starts to micromanage me, I will go crazy.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's hit the next bullet then more time savings. Now this. Like this to me makes sense. Um, if someone is wasting time because they don't understand how to do something, Mm -hmm. then providing a better, you know, a way to guide someone so that they better do understand how they need to do something makes perfect sense. But again, like, why is that not a core part of the product design and product implementation? Like, I, I don't. I don't believe that people kind of create software with a thought of, ooh, I'm going to set a trap here. So it's totally (laughs) unclear (laughs) as to what on earth you should do next. Like, let's see if people click on the right thing. Like, people generally speaking don't create products as if they are roguelike dungeon crawlers to see if people fall down the trapdoor and. and oh i'm sorry you you didn't get to submit your expense report we've deleted all your receipts uh please go and resubmit everything like that doesn't like doesn't feel like a good workflow so like i i get what they're trying to say here which is if people can't figure out how to use a tool or some technical piece of technology then it should be made easier but again i I don't think, it talks about the fact that uh, dApps, as you horribly call them, can quantify that time and empower the organization to resolve the issue by guiding the user to perform the task quicker and get back to accomplishing their goals. Technology is supposed to make work easier, not harder. Couldn't agree more with that last piece. (laughs) Like that's definitely why I got into technology because I didn't want to uh, spend time, you know, trying to add up big numbers Let computers do that as an example, Um, but if your technology is, or if a product that you have written is so confusing that people can't understand how to use it, then you should improve that product. I, layering something on top of a bad product just feels like, oh, it just feels wrong.
1: I got a different view on this. Uh, okay. I think that DAP is trying to solve the wrong problem. Hmm. Because the wasted minutes in the police spends trying to figure out how to perform that somewhat rare task on a platform that they don't use, blah, blah, every day. Um so this is from the point of view that we can buy a piece of software. We don't have to train people to use the software. We just hope that they magically understand it and oh. then have a adapt pointing out what it is. Basically, that's what I had started talking the episode with, with the whole digital transformation yeah. thing. Cramp software down people's throats. Don't invest on enablement. Don't invest on training. Then people won't know how to use the thing. And then you have to figure out something to make it work. Uh, might, might I suggest to just train people on the new software they're starting <laughs> to use. I mean, I think it would be better if I understand the piece of software and how I'm supposed to use it and what the idea behind it is and not give me, I'm going to use your little uh, reference from before we start recording, not have a little clippy up there to annoy me <laughs> the to be <laughs> oh, out of that me.
0: <laughs> that was going to be my little bombshell <laughs> at the end. Um, so, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this. I mean, if, if you look at training as an example, uh, for me, like if we talk about this from an enterprise product rollout, I have a very, very clear example in the back of my mind right now. Um, um so some of you may be familiar with the term ATS or applicant tracking system, these are the things that if you're hiring someone. Uh, these are the things that you will put your notes in about that person that you know interviews get scheduled in and uh, feedback gets recorded and people get progressed through stages and all that sort of thing Um, I was part of a uh, an organization that moved from one particular applicant tracking system or ATS to another and the experience of moving from a I would say probably like B level of ATS to a supposedly top tier class, a applicant tracking system was terrible. Now, I don't believe that it was because the product itself uh, that we'd moved to was terrible, but I believe it was due to how it had been implemented. So it's it wasn't because there was um it wasn't because there hadn't been any training or enablement around it. The training enablement had all been done, but it was generic training and enablement as to how to use the platform mm-hmm. by the vendor. But how the roles and how the levels of um control had been implemented in the applicant tracking system, as an example, made the tool so much more frustrating to use and you can definitely say that okay very early on in the rollout that was uh, there's a good amount of that there was just teething issues and, and kind of stuff that we would get you know fixed over time but in many cases the vendor can do so much to make a product usable but then the people implementing it can shoot themselves in the foot in a whole bunch of different ways because the products actually get, give the the person implementing so much control that they can, they can create an implementation that is actually worse for the people using it.
1: Yeah. I think a, a very important aspect of new technology introdu- introduction that often gets overlooked is the person using the tool needs to have a benefit from it. Yeah, And I mean, there are a lot of softwares that are being deployed from higher up to do monitoring, p- performance increasing or productivity, whatever, that mm. actually are a burden to the people that are have, have to use that stuff. While it could just be a benefit. I mean, we all have to do things like activity tracking for reasons i'm still waiting to see an application that actually helps me in my daily job because activity tracking is kind of a journal keeping right and since i work in projects journal keeping could be part of my project management that could be totally feasible but then the product gets run uh, gets deployed by the higher-ups that only are looking at it as a tracking uh, method and they cut off all the things that might get it in make it interesting. The the choices you have to, to to log your stuff are all in the let's monitor this person aspect and not in the how can I use this as an individual contributor. Still need to find other mm. words for that. And yeah, totally yeah. right. And that's makes it a problem because when you I actually learned that at my previous employer, if you have to, if you're going to do a digital transformation, so change to new tooling, whatever, a very important part of the the journey there is to get the people excited to use that new piece of software. Yeah. The moment that they see it as a blocker, all they'll do is try to circumvent it yeah. with the end result that whatever you try to do with it, isn't going to work, people get frustrated even more. And it's another digital transformation down the drain. And then of course, here comes the Kingmaker dApp to make it all better.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, first of all, I couldn't agree more with that. And we should talk about that another time, because I think that's a good topic to get into, but let's, let's pick on this final bullet. I mean, let's discuss this final bullet, um, better user experience. (sighs) so apparently a dApp. God, I hate that phrase <laughs> will provide, uh, immediate insights to uncover gaps between the user's experience and the organization's business goals. Oh, how on earth does Clippy popping up and saying, Hey, it looks like you're trying to write a letter. Let me start a template for you. Like, that was a terrible experience back then. Uh, and that was something that was integrated into the application like seamlessly integrated uh, and yet here we are again with something external this time to the application and again I', I we're, we're speaking or at least I'm speaking from a, a point of total ignorance here like the, the the term DAP is brand new to me I'm aware now as of having done a tiny bit of research ahead of this, recording this that there are a bunch of other um, sort of providers in this market there's walk me which is the the the, the platform that uh, this article comes from there's app learn there's user IQ there's app cues there's what fix you know, this is very much a real thing out there but I I have to believe that if vendors paid more care, more attention, and were talking to their users more about the problems and the challenges that organizations face consuming their technology. Like, I honestly don't believe that this, this kind of entire vertical of software would actually be needed, or at least would
1: not be needed as widely. Yeah, because if uh, we're not going to put any vendors on the screen because we don't want to make any publicity here. But if you look at (laughs) what these tabs are being deployed on, I mean, I see Salesforce in there. Now, I will totally agree that Salesforce needs some work. But Salesforce needs some work. Having a third party on top of that, I mean, if you actually bought a product, um, Let's forget Salesforce for a second. I don't want to get uh, demonetized. Well, we don't monetize anyway. Uh, but <laughs> if you have buy a product that's so bad, you need another product to make it usable. Yeah. Um,
0: Maybe buy a different product. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh dear.
0: Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think this horse is uh, is well and truly run over flat now. So, unless there's anything else that you'd like to talk about, DApps.
1: No, this is definitely all the time of the day to talk about daps or anything else. You can support the podcast. Please become a patron. Contributions do help us. We're on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and see us laughing and enjoying these wonderful subjects we cover from time to <laughs> time. <laughs> Uh, please go to www.roaringelephant.org. There's links there to the Patreon page. And page. Uh, more information on podcasts. podcast. You can find me on Twitter at, using the @RoaringElephant tag. And you can send feedback by email to podcast at the RoaringElephant.org. Until next time, my name is um, Dave's Clippy. Jon? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Clippy. That's
0: it. That's it. That's all it is.
1: <laughs> we still look forward to talking to you again next week.
0: Goodbye. Would you like to write a letter? Looks like you're trying to write a letter. Please, let me give you a template for a letter. Letters. Goodbye.